So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. So here we go. Okay. okay. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon, untitled two. Yeah, this is the second untitled yeah. podcast that we're doing. Um, Yeah, it's it's crazy right now. Like, there's a lot going on. I mean, it's a big... Yeah. Big... Where, where I live is now a COVID-19 hotspot because nobody would follow the rules. Yeah. And isolate on their own. And so now there's everybody's getting sick because it's a Petri dish. Right. Tiny town. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's crazy. I think, I, I think things are going okay here. Um, like it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Should we, what st- should we state today's date just for reference? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's um, April 29th, April 29th. So I'm Ned. You're Meg. This is Meg. Still Meg. Still Meg. Um, and welcome to our podcast. If this is your fir- the first one you're listening to, I just yeah. to kind of you know talk about the podcast as it progresses because we've been. I think this will be like I don't know what number this will be like twenty nine or something. I mean, we've got quite a few now. We've been doing one every week. Um, we've I I know some people listen to them now, so we're no longer in the realm of like joking about having one audience because we know we have a friend who's like pretty interested in listening, right? Um, <clears throat> Sounds like maybe <laughs> we, we have there's... a few friends, yeah. um, yay, which is super awesome, and I think also uh, interesting to kind of think about. Um, like I've been looking to see, like our popular podcasts are more like that one had fourteen downloads, right? This one had <laughs> three. Um, we made it to double digits, right? So the low end of them. the low end of them, yeah. I mean, it's also. Uh, just because we're a design podcast, like I might as well talk a little bit about the details of what it is to like put on a podcast. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting format because you can self host a podcast in the sense that it's up to you to produce, um, an XML or RSS feed, Mm -hmm. um, that you can then offer to services like Google and Apple and Stitcher and all of those. And they basically aggregate your, um, you know, aggregate all your podcasts together and promote it or don't promote it. Um, we don't, I, I feel weird about promoting our podcast because I think right now there, it's so overly saturated that oftentimes like I spend a lot of time on Twitter Mm -hmm. and I do not uh, fair. Um, it's kind of a new social media for me. Like I'm like, Oh, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of interesting things. So I'm just kind of learning about it. Um, it hasn't burned me out yet. It's real close. Uh, <laughs> but um, what I was thinking about is not so much social media. It's just anytime you're on the internet, like anytime someone's like, oh, do w- you know, listen to my podcast, like they're selling something. And the yes. thing is like, we're not actually selling much here because at some point our plan is to maybe the way that we would monetize this podcast would be to sell swag or like sell, sell things that we hope you would like. Yeah, but like, it, this the the idea at no point in during the c- 
conception or inception of this podcast yeah. where we like, how's this going to make us some money? Right. Like this has mostly been about a dumping ground for things that we're interested in. Um, yeah. Cause we complain about stuff a lot. Yeah, we do. And also, I mean, not like we're bitchy, but right. And I think it makes me, when we do the podcast, the thing I, I always keep in mind is it makes me think about what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because there are people who are listening who I don't know. And so I'm always thinking about like, how is this going to come across? Like I don't mm. have, I can't be quite as lazy as I would be in like, say a conversation you and I are having where 10 just, minutes later, it's like, no, Meg, that's not actually what I meant. Or that's not what I'm saying. I get whatever I'm energy not, you have left over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For talking. Right. Uh, no, I mean, um, <laughs> sorry. I just no, derailed that's fair. you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the, yeah. I derailed myself. So the podcast is, um, it's interesting to me is my point mm-hmm. is yeah. that um, like occasionally I'll mention it online and my Twitter feed, like I'll, I'll kind of be like, Hey, like I did a podcast and you know, some of my followers might like want to listen or whatever, but mm-hmm. I always feel a little bit weird about it. Cause I'm like, I want to be like, yes, I'm mentioning this because I do enjoy that people might want to listen to it or I want the people who want to listen to it to know about it and right. be able to find it. Um, but at the same time I'm like, but we're not, I'm not selling you anything here. like i really am not like there's nothing for you to buy this was like the podcast was one in a like sea of individual projects that maybe at some point might be part of like a a whole body of work but right really this is just one of the things that we spend time doing yeah yeah Uh, the others are not and maybe as a parent because we can't transmit them over audio for you to experience them like right we make a lot of art yeah but you kind of have to be there for that yeah and i actually and we're not doing a whole lot of that because no. we're not with each other right yeah <laughs> so that's one of the things that we've got to get solved um so this is one of the things we're doing right now because yes, it's like because the only the... thing that was in a format that we could actually carry forward while we're all right right um and it's nice because i think we get to talk about i mean we did finish that book um yes and chris who's been on the podcast like he was hugely fundamentally like a big part of getting that off the ground that like getting never that would finished. have happened really no i think like we kind of like hit a wall where it was like he just stepped in at the right time and he's like oh i want to do this yeah. and then he just like finished it up and so we actually um we're getting the hard copies to review any yes. day now yes. um so when i get them i'll mail you one and then we'll we'll all be able to sit down and look at them and very exciting make some decisions about any final edits and things and then right. so that would be a thing that we would eventually like technically promote on the podcast we'll have lots of commercials about it like every five minutes we'll be like but did you buy our book but did, did you, you buy, buy our book, book no um <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe we'll be insufferable i'm sure we're insufferable in other ways like um, i have no problems if people want to pay to read our our little book that's uh, no great. that's great absolutely i won't feel bad about that at all no no qualms no but i just mean like also um <laughs> we'll get over it and we'll talk about other things too yeah um, and anyway so here we are doing an untitled kind of COVID exploration of COVID based COVID enforced um, separation mm-hmm. and discussion. Um, it's circumstantial solitude. Yeah. It's been pretty challenging in some ways. I'm sure a lot of people are, everyone is like kind of finding different, different issues that they didn't expect. Yeah. Um, like, like the toilet paper thing was kind of surprising to me. And I worried more about it. What aspect of it? I just that it was that it was so 
then it kind of like it the momentum of people panicking about not having toilet paper and then that drove more people to hoard more toilet paper mm. and it just kind of drove the whole thing yes and i was thinking about my own situation where i was like i had bought before all of this had happened i bought like it was my normal buying habits was that i would just buy one of those um the bulk packs they have at trader joe's yes i mean i live alone so i don't need a lot of toilet paper and i live at home or i mean i work at home so my usage of the steady, of that resource constant. is real steady and constant yeah. but when i but even for me i was like knowing that i had just recently bought it like restocked entirely my cabinet and had plenty of toilet paper for the next month and a half which yeah. is usually my buying like one of those lasts me about a month and a half. Um, even when I have visitors, like when you guys were coming over on the regular, it was like, that wasn't a significant, that's like part of that month and a half. Yeah. Um, but then even then I was like a little panicked and I was like, Oh, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know how long it's going to be. And I like, I know like I wasn't, like, oh, this is, I don't even know how I'm going to get myself clean. I had, like, <laughs> I know how to live without toilet paper. It's your, just that. Your whole, like, worldview crumbles. Right. No, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was just more like I was like, oh, man, this is, it'd be really great. Like, how, I bet there's a way to get toilet paper. It can't be this bad. <laughs> and it turned out it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but then here we are about a month and a half later. And I was starting to run it, run low yeah. and they have them again. At to- you know, they have toilet paper again. Like it's more available again. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's not the case in your area. And I, you know, I fully get the panic you may be feeling or the frustration <laughs> or whatever you, however upset or not upset you are about that. That's valid and fair. I'm just saying for myself, it's just interesting. Like some of the weird little things that have been going on where, um, like I'd already lost my job, like my main forms of income were already kind of drying up as a contractor. Like I had not been, I'd kind of lost the will to work if you know what I mean, like well before COVID came along (laughs) and I was like having a crisis of like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life here. Like I have these remaining contracts, which I was honoring and doing the, like I wasn't like slacking or anything. It was just like, I was not actively seeking new contracts. I was sort of like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up now. Mm -hmm. Um, all of that. But, um, I, uh, so coming into the COVID thing was just like, oh, now we're all in this together, which is weirdly comforting, right? It's like, oh, lots of people are losing their jobs, which is a tragedy. Like it's upsetting. It's, Um, and it was, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound like a fucking asshole and be like, it was totally preventable or like not, if not preventable, foreseeable. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it. Please continue. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I my point just being is like from a personal point of view, it was, um, yeah, it was still tough because even though like there's some, it's nice to have like friends and friends in the foxhole, so to speak, but it's not, it's not great for anybody. Like nobody wants to be in this situation. Um, and I don't mean to like open up the can of worms of like philosophically speaking, like whether, yeah, I was going to say communism works, whether (laughs) capitalism works, whether communism works when any forms of government work, you know, regardless, that's not really, we can have that discussion. That's just not where I'm going at the moment. Right. Um, and what I just wanted to say is like at a personal level, it's been uh, like, I just heard from a friend who just lost his job. Um, you know, it's frustrating. Like it's very difficult. And so that yeah. I, I get, um, you know, for most of us, we're not, we weren't in the position to make decisions about being here in the first place. Like this is the society we find ourselves in and the system, the stream we're swimming in. Have you tried to move to another country as an American? 
You can't. You it's can. very difficult. You can't. Yeah. Um, there was a time mm-hmm. when you could, but it's it, it's more difficult. We've our, our foreign relations have definitely took a nosedive in the last couple Not of years. Buying what you're selling. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so here we are. So here we are, um, and we are trapped. Our, trapped. Trapped in our our respective domiciles, staring into the abyss left by the pile of toilet paper we no longer have right. as a nation as a nation yeah just staring into the toilet paper abyss together um yeah it's cr- kind of crazy to think that like the whole um american supply chain can be brought to its knees over something like toilet paper and whatever else is going on right now i don't know Let's just not go back to the way it was before. I like, like that. Yeah. I don't I don't have anything more constructive at this time to say beyond right. that cuz I haven't really This is an untitled one so we didn't this Yeah, no, it's okay. Me. Like I would just, you know, I was just thinking about reflecting yeah. on like the kind of the t- the sign of the time. I just don't want to go back to the way it was right. cuz the way it was obviously wasn't working and we know this now because right. a tiny little f- fluff of air collapsed the entire nation. Yeah. A, sneeze a sneeze called COVID-19. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, yeah, like we haven't been very political on this podcast up until this point. Like it'd be real easy to start talking a lot about like our particular take on. <laughs> I'm mad and it's your fault. Right. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Um, yeah. So that's, that's obviously a, mm. that's a whole can of worms. Um, I, well, what do you like? How do you, how are you, what are some things that you do during the day? I water plants outside. Yeah. Yeah. I like plants because they are proof that life continues outside of and irrespective of whatever crisis you're navigating at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. Persistence. I like that. That's definitely. So I like to, I think like, you know, growing a little garden is kind of like a fuck you to the entropy in the universe. Sure. But it's just like a temporary distraction because on a long enough timeline, all those flowers are going to die. Right. Especially in Yuma. But like, uh, you know, so I kind of set my, my routine around, um, I get up and I walk in the morning. I walk a mile, which I measured out on Google earth. So I know it's a mile. Yeah. I walk my mile. Most of the time I carry weights with me because yeah. then I'm exercising for someone who weighs 10 pounds more than I actually weigh, uh-huh. which is great because then you have more strength than you actually need when you have to right. utilize it. So anyway, um, I carry my weights and I'm making my triceps all strong and I do my walk in the morning before it gets too hot outside to walk because it gets really hot now. Yeah. And uh, then I come back and I water the plants before it's too hot uh-huh. um, so you don't burn them. And then, um, depending on what the UV index is, then I usually make breakfast and then I go sit outside for a little while and read because I'm on a big like reading crusade. I'm I'm going to make it to a hundred books before the end of this year. And so, uh, I read and then when it gets too hot, sit outside, I'll come inside the house and then I don't know. Maybe take a nap with the cat or just mm-hmm. take a little siesta. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just trying not to like compartmentalize my time too much because there's no telling 
how big the container of time is that I'm working with. And so compartmentalizing it doesn't really make any sense. Otherwise, right. it's just like breaking up times in weird ways. So I love a good liminal space. I'm just in a big one. I'm just <laughs> floating around. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a like a little I think the liminal space one was something that people have picked out to listen to a lot. I think we got really? more yeah. Um, we could probably do more on liminal spaces. Like I could I actually could, do some yeah. interesting research on what like the actual right. like actual deep dive into it yeah. beyond just what the concept of a liminal space is. Right, right. Um listen to that episode, but also know that it's a like it's, it's a light overview of the topic. Yeah, I mean, super the, light. Yeah. Um You can Google it. Yeah, it's super I mean, interesting. It's, yeah, it's super interesting. Everybody's indeed. been in them. Yeah, they happen a lot. <clears throat> right. It's just like it's like a period of time that marks a rite of passage. It's mm-hmm. like a really easy, quick way to describe it. Right. But this is a big one. This is a big one. Yeah, for everybody. Like yep. we're all, and it's interesting because it affects the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, which, for better or for worse, like I, I I'm hoping there's going to be some good sort of things that come out of that i mean there will be i mean the nature of being human is that you know if you're still living after a thing then you can recognize some good thing that happened because you're around to make it a good thing yeah um but it's difficult if you're if you lose friends and family and Mm -hmm. that was that was one thing that really stuck with me as i was reading like i think i think covid19 has about a four percent death rate which seems small when you when you talk about it that way, but when you think about it, that's one in twenty five people. Yeah, which means that probably every single person will know someone personal who passed away from this. Yeah, by the end time this is over, assuming that it ever ends. I mean, it's never going to be quite like. Yeah, I. It's hard to say. Like, I don't want to like put doom and gloom on it, but it's like you know these are going to continue to be problems, especially if we don't have a a more proactive system in place that we used to. Yeah. We used to have a, what did we feel like? It was something like pandemic, something pandemic response team or like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like there, this was foreseeable Uh and inevitable. Yeah. And, and on a timeline, roughly what, actually played out in real life and so yeah. like this the how we handled it could have been very different yeah this would have been yeah that's not unfair to say at all um, no without even because we've had other specifics. like i yeah without even getting to the specifics we've had other things that those response teams and those people and those professionals were already actively taking care of yeah until the time that they were not around anymore right and so and they were available to know. I mean, it's this is one of those things I remember when I worked in um when I worked as a like a tech support for like small business, so basically like yeah. IT support for small business. It's always a difficult job because a lot of times when things are running really smoothly, they don't know they they are frustrated with like getting an invoice. They're like, but I don't really need you because things are working fine. You're, yeah, <laughs> and you're like that's fine but when things aren't working fine and they need you then they're frustrated because you didn't prevent it right and so it is kind of a weird thing where it's like yeah when i'm keeping everything running smoothly like that's why you're paying me right. because you don't we don't have to mobilize the entire like fucking nation to take care of this thing like we were on top of it mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, and the people who have been mobilized are not right. Like that's and it's not. And when it's working smoothly, it's not making headlines and news. No one's like, "Oh, hey, like the pool cleaner showed up and cleaned the pool again." So no one got dysentery or whatever. Like whatever right? public, like you know what I mean? Like no one's yes. like in the news, and yet, yes. why aren't we like? You know, there's a reason you still have a pool cleaner come every week, like or whoever. You know, whatever you're. Right. I don't have a pool. I don't know the actual cleaning side, but I think you get the metaphor. Yeah, it's yeah. there's like a screen that we're all projecting onto, and it's a pretty light show, and yeah. everybody thinks it's great. But right behind, on the other side of the screen that we're projecting all this shit on, is like the truth. Right. <laughs> and it's that the, everything falls apart. Yeah. At the slightest. Um, application of pressure to the system. Right. And if you apply several points of pressure, it'll be magnitudes worse. Right. I mean, it'll just completely cease to exist. So, I mean, you can say like, oh, I, th- I think it, I, I am disappointed in the, like, the propaganda around the heroism of people doing jobs that they couldn't necessarily have known would put them at risk of death and didn't agree to that when they took those jobs being held as heroes because that forces them into a position of being the the narrative around that is that they're heroic as opposed to being held hostage to right. a, 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 a moral or ethical duty for of care. Right. And so it's like, the reason people in healthcare are continuing to work without PPE or whatever else is because they're people who feel that the the morally or ethically correct thing to do is to continue to provide care or they wouldn't be in healthcare to begin with. And not supporting them is exploiting that known capacity for care. Right. So it's not good enough to tell people that they're heroes which they are, but fuck that. They're being held at, what's the choice that they have? I think about, it's kind of the same. With grocery yeah, stores grocery or stores, deliveries right. or Grocery stores are almost or, worse in the sense that it's like. There's no expectation. A lot of reasons that they're going to stay there is because if they quit, they can't get unemployment. Well, and you can't get another job right now either. So what's, no, what right. choice it's do you have? It's not like you can just leave to another job and they're in the weird position of like other people lost their jobs and they can file for unemployment. Yeah. Not necessarily that the unemployment system is going to work at all. We've all seen that this is a huge burden, but that's right. beside the point. They don't even have a hope. If they quit, that's on you. Well, you quit your job. You're right. not, you don't qualify you for don't unemployment. You don't qualify for unemployment. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's really like, I've tried to, I shop a lot at Trader Joe's right Mm -hmm. now, like, because they have a pretty good system and the people there seem pretty happy and it seems to be pretty focused on protecting everyone involved, not just, like, um, now I can't speak to the whole corporate structure. I just know the particular shop that I go to. Um, but I've tried to be very, like, careful about, um, like not over utilizing that resource. Like I try to like, yep. they have a sign out with like what they're asking people to do. And I try to just follow it to the letter because it's mm-hmm. like, that's what you're asking. And I don't know, yeah. like you have to be here every day and see lots of people. I have to just see the cohort of people that came in when I came in. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And so my exposure is way limited compared to someone who works there five days a week. Mm-hmm. They're going to see the whole, like they're for sure exposed to it. Right. Now, whether they have enough protection and so that person who was infected who came in and then left, you know, that's a separate issue. But um, 
they didn't choose that. And their choice now is to quit and not have any support whatsoever. Right. Or keep working. Now, I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if the managers have some, you know, more voluntary basis or whatever. I can't speak to that. But generally speaking, with mm-hmm. no other thing in position, that's their choices. That sucks. Yeah. That's totally being held hostage. It is. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's kind of the way our work work environment works anyway, because, you know, a lot of people, they count on their health care through their work. Right. Which means it's like, well, the only reason I really keep this job is so I can have health care. I mean, for me, it comes down to like, you know, uh, thanks for calling me a hero. But what I would really prefer rather than being forced to be a hero is to have uh, some foresight into an obvious systematic flaw in how we handle shit like this and maybe provide some real support to people when it actually counts as opposed to just being like, thanks for pulling out all the stops and the shit hit the fan because you had no choice. Like, that's not good enough. No. Um, so I made some art all by myself because yeah, you showed me, I thought that was pretty cool stuff. I've started. So we've ordered a lot of stuff and stuff comes in boxes and then you yeah. have all these boxes and where we are is like this backwater kind of place where they don't recycle a lot of stuff. And so if you can even argue that recycling is happening anymore, I'm not going to go down that road either. But I had all of this like brand new pristine cardboard essentially and no way to recycle any of it so i just turned it into art and it's become kind of a compulsion now so i'm reading a lot i'm watering a lot of plants yeah and i'm making a lot of cardboard art right (laughs) sculpture art (laughs) right and we're doing this podcast once a week right yeah yeah and the cat cat's on a diet cat's on a diet he looks good by the way yeah he's down to 17 pounds that's pretty great from 22 that's a lot for a cat. It's a lot for a cat. Yeah. I'm just trying to stave off that end stage, late stage, whatever. I'm an old cat and I'm bound to get diabetes, diabetes. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to not have that happen. Oh, so funny. Oh, big white. Yeah. I do not have any pets, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, it's definitely kind of a curse right now. I Being allergic to dog or to cats, as you know, um, I would probably choose to have a dog if I could. And this mm-hmm. is one of those times where it's like, I mean, I'm home most of the time anyway, so having a dog would be great. Um, unfortunately, I rent, and that's just not not something that. But is uh, but wait, though, having a dog isn't great. Having a dog isn't great um, when I'm traveling a lot. It's it it's a responsibility. I mean, I but they're having a dog is great. But you're not allergic to dogs. I'm not allergic to dogs. And because having a cat is great, but you're allergic to cats. Yeah. I had a cat when I was a kid and it was amazing. And I so, love that cat. Is it important for your well being that I pretend like having a dog is great? Oh, no. Okay. No, of course not. All right. No. Great. <laughs> I get, I wasn't people, sure if I was going like, to be able to come through on that. I one. get, I get that, um, that a lot of people have a kind of like, like, like they're one way or the other, like they're a dog person or a cat person. I am um, a cat person. I am not, I don't subscribe to that so much. Like I was, I was definitely a cat person when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a cat. I was allergic to it. I didn't know until I left that life was much better. Oh. Like that when I left, when I left home and basically no longer had like runny itchy eyes all the time mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. a super runny nose like all the time or just like, stuffed oh, up like this I was doesn't like, have to be how i live hang on a second yeah. yeah so um and then when i got a dog when i was like 30 mm-hmm. amazing um <laughs> super fun 
Just the experience of having a dog? Yeah, it was great. And The I dog was like, wasn't here or there, but the no, experience the of great. having a dog was The amazing. dog was a great dog. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and he, you know, when I broke up with my girlfriend, he went with her and that was, that was the best thing. But, um, cause I was moving around a lot after yeah. that. And anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there, but he was great and it was a great experience. It was funny because I remember, um, the negotiation where I was like, I'm open to getting a dog, but it can't go in the, it can't go in the bedroom and it can't go on the furniture and like all these rules. And I was like very much like dogs are very like they're slobbery. They like to nose you. They like to lick you. They like to like <laughs> get all over you. Um, and <laughs> I just had like one of those giant spine shivers when I thought about their slobber. Just like, <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, so I was like, he's definitely not in the bed. Like there's all these like rules. Like I was like, no, like this is, you know, Ugh. like if I had my way, he would live in the backyard mm -hmm. and he would be fun to talk to occasionally and like go play fetch or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but when we got him, it was clearly that wasn't happening. And it was really clearly pretty quickly that I really enjoyed his company like all the time. And it was, it was great. Aww. So yeah. And he was very sweet and cuddly and that's nice. He also wasn't a particularly slobber, slobbery dog. Like some dogs are way more slobbery than others. And so that kind of is a factor. Um, some dogs are stinkier than other dogs. Like he was, he was a shedder. Um, I used to joke that he only shed outside, which is obviously not true. Um, like I still have like some of his hair, like in my truck and like everywhere, just like everywhere. Um, still. like he was never in my truck and there's some of his hair in my truck because of it in like some blankets or something yeah. that he'd been like, Long ago. yeah. Um, and he was, he had a lot of white hair, so his hairs stand out pretty brightly anyway. Um, yeah pets are great i should just get a fish and talk to a fish a lot um but yeah so um so, yeah so anyway um yeah i don't know that's that's my dog i, I had, had a dog his name was dexter he was like a dexter rescue he was he was like 25 pounds maybe 30 what kind of a dog like just a he was a mutt but he he was white and black he had like white with black spots Aww. but not like dalmatian like sort of like he had like kind of had that sort of border collie look a little bit hmm. um yes but not quite as like symmetrical and not nearly as like organized yeah um he had kind of not real long hair but not real short hair i like great danes they're pretty great yeah but also slobbery yeah right also slobbery <sighs> like like mastiffs are really cool. Like yeah. they're really like sweet. Like big dogs are typically more docile and sweet. I'm not mm -hmm. sure why. I think they're just that just seems to be the nature. It takes of a lot of energy to be that big. I think it does. You just don't have that much left over. Right. So they're just kind of pretty mellow. Yeah. Um, I do like teeny tiny little dogs too. Like I love chihuahuas. They're pretty great. Oh, they're yeah. so adorable. Chris has a Chris has a chihuahua. Yes. Yeah. Mickey. I like itty bitty dogs. Yeah. Itty bitty dog named Mickey. Yeah. Um, I like those Shiba Inu dogs. They're yeah. cute. I like Chows. Chows, yeah. I like, oh, those, like, those big, like, great, what are they called? Great Beringese? I can't, I, don't know. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. I've always, I, I have to say, like, I've, I've got a fond spot or a fondness for, um, soft spot, fond, fond spot, mm -hmm. <laughs> a fondness for rescue dogs. Um, uh, my friends, uh, Glenn and Russ, they've 
always had rescue dogs and they've always been really sweet and ridiculous and like full of personality like everyone and it's just like a whole gamut of different kinds like they're not like oh they always rescue like this breed or that breed it's just like they've had big ones and little ones and just like they're all ridiculous um (laughs) and they're all pretty great so Wow, the ones I I also like Pyrenean mountain dogs. Oh, okay. They're like these enormous white dogs. That's fun. They're also known as Great Pyrenees. Great Pyrenees. So that's what the one I was thinking of. Not gotcha. Bering. Not the, I was thinking for some reason about the Bering Sea. Yeah, but that's not right. No. It's Pyrenees. Pyrenees it has nothing to do with the Bering Sea. Well, um, anyway, yeah, I was just thinking about. Um, I was asking you, you know, about like what you're kind of doing to fill your time. And I'm just curious, like what other people are, I like a lot of people are doing the sourdough bread thing. And like, Mm -hmm. everybody's like finding lots of things, ways to fill their time. And obviously we're talking about people who for whatever reason, thankfully have like enough savings or they're just kind of in a position where it's like, well, I can even be in this holding pattern. They're not like on the brink of homelessness or like starving or, um, which I suspect there's plenty of people who are real close to that right now. Totally. Um, yes. So I do try to recognize like the privilege I have of basically sitting at home and watching Netflix. Like a lot of this is like stay home and watch Netflix. Yeah, that's super important. But there's also a lot of people. It's like I get why they're upset about the closures and things. It's like they can't afford to do any of this. They're not living. They're living I'm, pay to check, paycheck yeah, to paycheck. I'm and, not upset about having to be sequestered. No. I'm upset about the bigger picture. Yeah, me too. Like I'm upset about the fact that we can't that this isn't that this isn't as sustainable as it really should be this doesn't it's feel not like at a, all this doesn't feel like a big ask really no this is the this is the cliff that we went over there was i mean think about it this way okay you can on a short enough timeline yeah anything can be done without seeing the effect cause effect right sure if you truncate the timeline of your observation to limit it to the causal portion right and then say yep this is it this is how it works all the time but you don't wait around long enough to witness the effect right then um sure you can keep anything going you can argue that anything is working right right now right but what what we're experiencing right now is the the long enough wait to see the fallout from the types of decisions that are causal and now we're seeing the effects of them and so Whatever we thought was working before wasn't working. We just weren't looking on a long enough timeline. Right. And it, now here it we wasn't are working. Right. This is not living out the rest of that timeline. Right. This yeah. is not this is not as sudden as it feels like if you zoom out and think about the big picture here. Right. Like people have been screaming bridge out ahead for quite some time. Right. Um but that also gets lost in all of the things because the way that we talk about all of our problems are at the top of our lungs. And they're all vying for the most important spot, right? Right. Like everything is like, is it killing you? Tune in later. Right. And so it's hard to parse what's actually vital information Mm -hmm. and what's not. And some of us spend most of our time trying to parse what's vital and correct information and what's not, what's not. But for most people, that's just out of. Yeah the realm of like time constraints and like your ability to care, your capacity for care is limited. Right. When I, I had this interesting kind of like realization when I was working on a video game and I um, was thinking about how to 
make money mm-hmm. as a, like an independent developer. And um, it just kind of like the more I read about how uh, there are different kinds of forms of revenue and the different ways that you can kind of generate income from, you know, creating property like a video game. Um, it became really apparent to me that we live in a time where the most valuable commodity is eyeball time on the internet. Like that's a huge, Mm -hmm. and that just seems to be across the board. Like the most valuable thing I can do is get users. Like the more people I can get playing my game, that's the value. Right. Like that's how I'm going to make real money doing this. It's not like make a really good game and sell a couple for like a high price. Like my best shot is to make a really popular game that I basically make it as available as possible to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about like, so we live in an economy where it's like everything is trying to buy your view. Yes. Literally everything is an ad. Yeah. Trying to get your money. And it's not even about (laughs) getting your money. It's like everything's about getting your eyeball time. Most every, because there are companies somewhere who are paying for advertising. Right. So your eyeball time equates to dollars. Right. And so getting eyeball time is the imperative on the internet. Like every time you open your computer, like every device you have, is sold to you in a way that it's like, we want you to spend as much time looking at this as possible because that's how we can maximize our profit from you. Right. Because like I'm divorced, like as a cell phone maker and an operating system maker, like you looking at your cell phone is how I'm going to make money. If I can serve ads to you. Well, I'll put it this way. You're definitely not going to make money off of someone who's not looking at the phone. Exactly. You might make money off of someone who is looking at the phone, assuming that you can capture their attention. Right. But you definitely is like their main incentive is to get you looking at it as long as possible. Sure. That's, And so it's just insane. Like everything's insane. It's like, I'm like, so I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, so. Do you actually why Facebook was the best thing I ever did? uh, Well, maybe no, that's, that's giving an awful lot of credit to Facebook. It was a great choice to ditch my fucking Facebook account forever and never look back. Right. Um, anyway, I, uh, it's, it's a little bit disturbing to me. Like, I don't think I even, I don't think I even fully appreciate the fallout that's going to come from this. I'm not sure anybody can. Yeah. I mean, it seems bad. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's... It seems like there's maybe some hope for some positives, but probably this is really going to suck Yeah, for a long time. Right, yeah. And it's going to make whatever comes after this suck even worse than it had to. Right, right. Because there's always going to be something else. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. What else should we complain about in the world of tech and life? And Um... Uh, I don't know. I I want I I've been feeling like very Larry Davidish lately, uh-huh. where like people say things to me and I'm just like, hey, I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like I've so we we went over my weird dream about John Ham. Yes, being a mime. Yeah. John John Ham can't mime. Right. Um. And in the final most recent season of um. Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. there's an episode where John Hamm comes and shadows Larry David for the entire episode yeah. because John Hamm is par- playing a Larry David-like character in a movie that basically just sounds like a defamation lawsuit waiting to happen. Right. Um, but anyway, it's it's funny because I, I really appreciate Larry David's personality. Uh-huh. Like deep down inside of me is, is an upset Larry David. Uh-huh. And then now there's an upset John Hamm 
being upset in the style of Larry David also. <laughs> it just like closes the John Hamm loop. John Hamm. Oh. And in the episode, they refer to him as John Hamm. Like oh, yes. Cheryl right. and um, I mean Jeff, Jeff's wife. Oh, um. God, why can't I think of her name right now? I don't know. That's embarrassing. Susie. Susie. There you go. They yeah. walk in and they're like, John Hamm. Why is John Hamm in my living room? <laughs> and like Cheryl says to him, like, John Hamm, it was nice to meet you, but I really think that this is a family member matter or something like <laughs> yeah. that. But like, John Hamm. I was like, that's exactly how I said it when I talked to him in my dream. Right. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> oh. And the the issue of like the muffin being a scone or not being a scone. Oh, so I don't good. think you know what a muffin is. Right. Eh. Eh. Like could if my coffee was hot, could I do this? And uh-huh. like putting your nose into the <laughs> yeah. coffee. I couldn't even do this. It's like, oh my God. Point taken. You're crazy, but point taken. Right. I just love Larry David. Yeah. So I've been watching <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's something else I've been doing. Yeah. Watch uh like uh copious amounts of documentaries yeah yeah tried to watch that nazi hunter show with al pacino and i'm just like nope just wasn't for you nope not happening i am i just haven't really been into tv much right now okay so here's here's where the lead has been buried on something yeah so everybody (laughs) in america has been feels like a trap wiping their ass with that TV show on Netflix, Tiger King, because we're all out of toilet paper instead. Yeah. And on principle, yeah. we rejected the notion of watching this show. Yep. Then I started to like look at this a little bit. Yeah. Right. And we we um appreciate there's a YouTube channel that an attorney produces where he um it's like Legal Eagle and he oh, yeah, goes through it. Yeah, stuff. he's yeah. great. Yep. He's fantastic. Yeah. And so he talks about like all of the legal ramifications of like this insane television show. Yeah. And there's all of the back and forth. And there's a, so like everybody gets so caught up when they're describing this show because they talk about like the tigers and they talk about the people in the show and they talk about like this woman and where's her dead husband and people think that maybe she killed him and like just all of these sort of cursory things. But I'm like, okay, but you guys, who was holding the camera this whole time? Right. The guy who filmed this spent five years of his life Uh filming what would become this documentary yeah. about these like crazy people in middle America, right? Yeah. Prior to making this five-year-long magnum opus in documentary filmmaking, this guy was like a New York hotel owner and his co-producer or whatever, co-director, uh-huh. also like a hotel owner lady. Okay. So there's all these people in this crazy situation with each other. Yeah. And somehow they attracted the attention of two people who own hotels in New York who then decided to stop doing whatever their life was before Tiger King running hotels and owning them in New Uh York City to film the first film they've ever made, spend five years doing it. Who does that? What's that story? Right. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Who are these people that right. had this much time to give to this? Cre- like you either you're involved with Joe Exotic because you tried to buy a tiger from him at one point, maybe for your shitty hotel in New York. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you do meth and you're into polyamory 
with like people who are furries i don't know but like so what is what is the connection between these random people in new york with yeah. a lot of money right and, and these crazy people in the middle of nowhere with their exotic pets uh-huh. and their like screwed up moral like like or ethics yeah i don't know what their morals are i haven't watched it but like it's uh, arguably unethical to do what they do with animals anyway the right. point is that's where the fucking story is yeah yeah what's up with the creeps who filmed this i yeah i don't know i i you've mentioned this to me before and i i absolutely agree with you like i there's a lot of documentaries like that that i'm like how is this person yeah you know i understand like a lot of times documentary and documentarians are like you know try to be like removed from the subject right but it's like but you're in the middle of this like atrocity or in the middle of this thing and and it's like great you got footage of it because it's nice that like other people can know about it right but a lot of times i'm like you're almost implicit in the activity that's going on here well right and that's one of like the big that's one of the big things in like journalism ethics is like at what point are you at what point are you eschewing your moral responsibility right. for another human and being I'm not by saying not I taking action? I have an answer for that. I don't. Like, yeah, I, don't. I just think it's something that doesn't necessarily get to be like it often doesn't even come up. Right. Like you're consuming these things and you're watching it. It's like yeah, but there was someone behind the camera, or there's someone who is set this up to bring a film crew to to film this insanity. Right. That you're watching unfold right now. Right. What were they thinking about? Why, why didn't they do more? Why are they doing what they're doing? Like, why are they doing this at all? I mean, it, it's all kind of, um, it's a hard question to have an answer to, and it's hardly ever asked. Mm-hmm. Anyway, weird. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, yeah, what's their stake in all this? That's yeah, what I want to know. Right? What's your interest? Why are you interested in this enough to make a movie about it? Yeah. What in what way are you interested? Right. How are you an interested party? Yeah. I don't know. I mean That's where the story's at, folks. Yeah. Go find it and then tell me so you can entertain me. Yeah. I like so I probably I don't know how I will watch. I maybe I'll find someone with a Netflix account to watch The Tiger King at some point. I mean, I one have of the a Netflix account. You right, can but, use my Netflix. Well, you mean like next time I come over, we can watch it or something, but I don't want to watch it necessarily, but it's just interesting to me. Like I'm not like most people I know have Netflix accounts. Yeah. But now it's like, I feel like you have to have, this is, so this is a design issue that I have. This is the reason I don't like Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know when you use their interfaces. Mm -hmm. It's, I find it impossible for me to look. I just want to see the whole catalog. Right. Just start from A and end at Z or start from zero. What, however you want to alphabetize yeah. it, just everything. Let I don't, I don't need you to page. anticipate my desires and mental state before you decide right, what to exactly. show me. Like I, but my issue is that they don't do that because there's no way to know. It's So I use Google Play for music, which I'm mostly just because I'd kind of used it at one point and I got, kind of got stuck on it. Yeah. Um, but then I looked at other ones and none of them are any better. No one... No one just lets you just look through the whole catalog of music. Yeah, because that's totally not what you're there for. You're there to like be yeah, datafied and right. sold. And I find it kind of frustrating. It's like I don't want to like have to look at your interpretation of what you think is this category or your interpretation of what you yeah. think I want to listen to right now or what I should be watching 
or what's popular right now. Like, I don't... Anyway, it's frustrating to me. It's also frustrating because a lot of these streaming services, like the Google Play service, like it's frustrating because they'll remove songs, mm-hmm. right? And they're no longer available. And so if I've created a playlist, yeah. they'll just disappear. I don't even Turns know. Turns it into Swiss cheese. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... It's not even like they give me a notice saying, hey, this used to be here, but we no longer have license for it or something. Yeah, it's super scammy because you can never like. There's no continuity. Like, and the worst part is, access. I don't even think it's scammy in the sense that someone considered it that way. Yeah, I think it's just poor design. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of it's just poor design. It's like no one actually thought about this in any real way. Well, it's uh, that, but also like the ownership. Like, you used to be able to buy a record, yeah, and then you owned that record, and you could yeah. listen to it whenever you wanted to, right? Because you had paid for that privilege right. and you bought the thing. But now that all of it's digital, right. what you're paying for is access to a library that's negotiated yeah. between Amazon or Google Play so, and some other entity. And right. they don't give a fuck whether you listen or not. No. It's okay. not about ownership over a thing or sharing right. art anymore. It's about capturing a market. Now... And, and your value as a, a person who... I understand. Like, I appreciate that at least on these services, like, there is a distinct... You can buy an album and then you own it. Yeah. But... Um, well, do you, though? Yes. Um, you do. There's a, di- there's a difference between paying for... So, like, I have the, like... Access un- Access service, right? So, I have a streaming service. Right. So, I understand that. So, the albums that I own... So, I have some music of my own that I own from, like, pre- prior to, like, mm-hmm. you know, the insanity now, like, I bought. And I can upload those to my Google Play account. And so, the times when I've canceled my subscription, that's all that's on there are the ones that I own. Yeah. And so, they... And so, also, when when some things, like, disappear or... Like so, we have a song that we really like. Um, I forget what's the name of that band. Oh, it's like Timid Antelope. Timid Antelope. Tame Impala. Tame Impala. And they have that song "Borderline," and the one that's on the single is an amazing rendition, and it has the bass line through the whole thing. And then they released a full album, and so on Google Play, they dropped the single is gone now from their collection. So I can't even get it. You can't even get it. No. So I bought it through another service and then i uploaded it to my google play account Mm -hmm. and so now i have it again but the only reason that i would even know that it was gone is because you'd mentioned you're like hey have you heard this new version and i went to go listen to the old version i was like i don't have the old old version yeah so then i went fuckers yeah anyway so um so my point being is that uh you can it, it it's all a, an issue like this is a fucked up like thing with these strange like why i don't like netflix why i don't like mm-hmm. um amazon prime i find that the interfaces and the ways that you can access their material is really geared towards like most people are just watching whatever the fuck they want you to watch yeah which is the same way the cable tv shows and all of that like it's yep. not that different like it's that illusion of choice right because you know when I sit on the couch at somebody's house who's watching, you know, like they have Netflix and all the other ones and they're like, Hey, like find something to watch. It's like, I'm never going to find something to watch. I don't even know how to wade through this shit. Yeah. You know, what is the giant red flag for me? What's that? 
is they make you jump through all these hoops like, oh, give a thumbs up to this or like rate these movies to see other movies you'd like. Right. I am never across any platform. I am never given the option to say fuck no to anything and not have that stupid trash show up in my feed over and over and over and over. There's no way to say no. Right. It's like YouTube, you watch like one fucking like you get tricked into watching some educational video when all you wanted was a document about something. Yeah. And then you're like, well, the only information I can find is someone like with some poor quality sound. Yeah. Like personality disorder. Right. And they're like trying to and it's like it's all the way at the end is the one little piece of information. And you watch that one time and now you're just filled with videos of that content Uh because it's just like. No, I'm not actually, or like I watched a woodworking. There was one particular woodworker that I enjoy. He's like Australian and, Mm -hmm. um, and I just enjoy his mannerism and I'm not interested in necessarily working with a lot of wood or making any of the projects he's making. I just enjoy listening to him talk and do his thing and, and apply his craft. Now my YouTube video recommendations are all woodworking projects. By people you are not interested in watching do woodwork. And like all of them are the same. But his are the reason I like his are because of his personality and they're not conforming to the other format that make the other woodworking things popular. Mm -hmm. I'm not into woodworking. You don't know me at all. I'm into other like, like I don't even get the Peter. Like if I wasn't subscribed to Peter draws, Peter draws is great. You should watch him. Yeah, absolutely. If we're going to push one YouTube channel, that's the one Peter draws. Yeah. Um, Amazing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I throw all my support behind Peter. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't get his, none of his stuff gets recommended to me. Yeah, it's so dumb. But because I have him subscribed, I can always just look and see and be like, oh, this is, well, also most of the time when I'm opening up YouTube is like, did Peter do a new video today? Mm-hmm. Let me see. No, he didn't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Right, yeah. We're not missing out on anything. Right. Because I don't want to. The only it. time I experience FOMO is over, like, it is, is there a new Peter Draws video that's posted and I don't know about it yet? Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Maybe there's one there right now. Yeah. How's uh, Peter doing? Yeah. How is he doing? Is Peter okay? Right. <laughs> What's Peter eating today? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just the we are going to do that podcast where um, we've been slowly building that like favorite video. We should just do reviews. Yeah, maybe that's one of the things we can do. We can tack that on to the um, living well in hell. We can do a Peter draws review and we could link to the video that we reviewed. That'd be pretty Um, good. I mean, I have nothing nice to say. I I mean, nothing. I only have nice things to say. say. I've only nice things to say about his videos. So reviews would be maybe a, a it's not so much a review well i guess a review is just talking about what it was just sharing sharing yeah we want to share our thoughts we'll about do, a favorite we'll share video our thoughts. yes exactly that somebody else made yes yeah the, just like recursive internet right recursive internet yeah it'll be extra meta it's just what's the internet it's just people talking about themselves right people talking about other people talking, talking about, about themselves, themselves on the internet right yeah <laughs> <laughs> So now that we've got all those problems solved. Yes. Now that we've solved those problems. Um, yeah. Do we have any, do you have any tips? Oh, uh, when in doubt, clean something. When have I mentioned th- this one before? I don't know. I might have, but it bears repeating. We're winging this one pretty hard anyway. So when in doubt, like, clean in doubt, something, clean something. That's yeah. a pretty good tip for living well. And pretty health. much can't go wrong. Yeah. Focuses your like concentration thoughts, get organized. Yeah. Think about how things 
ought to be compared to how things are. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I like that one. When in doubt, clean something. Like your butt with toilet paper. If you ever see another piece again as long as you live. Right. It's too bad we're not on video because I want to do the... Like my Scoutmaster, I will never forget him telling the joke about how to use one sheet of toilet paper to a bunch of kids who like... Because he wasn't... He didn't tell jokes a lot, right? Yeah. He had a pleasant sense of humor, but this was not... This was like so far out of his normal wheelhouse that it was unexpected, so we didn't know it was a joke. He was like... We were out camping. I, I'm pretty sure we were like we had every year we had the Colorado River trip where we would like canoe down the Colorado River from the Hoover Dam down like a couple miles, like probably like 50 miles or something hmm. over seven days or something. It wasn't too aggressive. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, we were camping somewhere and we we're in the woods and he was like explaining to some of us about how to conserve toilet paper uh-huh. when you're camping. And so he was explaining how to use a single sheet of toilet paper. And so he took a single square yes. in his hand and then he, he kind of like, like held it over his finger. Like you would make like a ghost, you know, like draping a sheet yes. over a person like that. Like yes. it was draped over his finger and then he pinched the tip off so that you could poke your finger through it. So now you have this sheet of toilet paper that your fingers poke through the middle of it. And it, so it's like a, it looks like a um, a tutu kind of, you know, yes. on the finger. And then he holds it up and he's like, so Bad you wipe. shuttlecock. Yeah, exactly. So he holds it up and he says, you wipe with this one, waving the finger through the, you know, so you, yeah. you basically wipe. And then he says, but don't throw away this little piece that you pulled out because that's for cleaning under your fingernail afterwards. Oh my God. And it's so gross, right? But we're like 12 year olds or something like just giggling and laughing and being ridiculous because potty humor is the height. This is how children get pinworms. (laughs) I don't think anyone, no one, like I do remember later the younger of us being like, that isn't real, right? And we're like, no, that's not real. That's a joke. But anyway, um, yeah. So get a bidet. Get a bidet. Yeah. Such a bad joke. Yuck. Yeah, yuck. Anyway, okay. That's all I got. That's all you got. Yeah. That's all I got, too. Water okay. some plants. Wash your hands. God damn it. Wash your hands. Yeah, seriously. Wash your hands. Seriously. And, like, put on a mask if you're going to go out in public so you don't spread your cooties to other people, even if you're unaware that you have them. Don't right. be arrogant. We all have them. Stop it. Yeah. Put on a mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch anybody. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.